I'm Athena Seven, and you are listening to the NFL Championship Weekend Edition of And the Winner Is Podcast, presented by Atheon, the On the Athlete League. Visit atheon.org or Instagram at hashtag WeAreAtheon for more information. If you're new, this is my NFL prediction show where I give you my thoughts and perspectives on what happened last weekend along with what will happen next weekend. Just a reminder that if you plan to use any of this information for any purpose, do so at your own risk. First, let's unpack the NFL-NFC championship game, shall we? Eagles beat down the 49ers to cruise to the Super Bowl. Headline. Or did they? If you are an Eagle fan, Eagles fan, turn this off. Because you don't care. Your team is in the Super Bowl and that's all that matters. What I find particularly fascinating is apparently they are my Achilles heel. The last time that I did not correctly call who would make to the Super Bowl was, well, the last time the Eagles made it. Both that year, aka the Philly Special, as they call it, beating the Patriots. And this year, were totally unexpectedly un- unexpected. I mean, both of them. In this case, with this year, I, as with so many others, just didn't think that Hurts could make the leap that he did. We knew that the team had talent, even more so when picking up key ad, uh, additions in the offseason, like Brown and also even during the season. I correctly called them as the NFC East champs, even getting it right that they would win 13 games in the season. But what I didn't think was Hurts could win a playoff game against whether it was Brady, Rodgers, or Stafford. Well, as it turns out, we never actually found out because we couldn't have foreseen that not one or two, but basically all three of the teams would wind up being terrible and essentially not even make the playoffs. Only one of them, Brady, with the Bucks, would limp their way in barely and get destroyed by the, the Cowboys. So for all intents and purposes... It, we, we never even got a chance to find out if that statement was accurate or not. We still don't even know if Hertz can pull off those kind of victories. We will hopefully find out during the Super Bowl. Nonetheless, congrats to the Eagles. You stymied me again. Apparently, I cannot predict your lucky Super Bowl runs. Which leads me to the 49ers. Now, interestingly enough, too, is that in many ways, I, I dislike them even more since the 49ers are the team that consistently always beat my Packers. But on this day, I have to be completely and utterly honest. Just pure to my thoughts about being a fan of this sport. I believe that you guys got robbed. You absolutely won that game. You ask, well, how? 
Let's see. Okay. Opening drive for the Eagles. They start the game with the possession. Their first touchdown never should have happened. Why? Because the miraculous catch, as we thought it was by Smith on that fourth down, because remember, the Eagles were Mr. Aggressive all season long, and they continued it. That fourth down catch, if you if you look, it, Smith never had possession of the ball. We the Initially, everybody was focusing on when that he was in bounds, and he clearly was, but you didn't see that he actually dropped the pass. Even live during the broadcast, when they came back, they would actually announce that, sure enough, they got it wrong. Uh, but because of everything that happens, there's always so many things that are going on, and obviously Eagles, and we should have, the dead giveaway should have been the fact that Smith was instantaneously, desperately asking the Eagles to hurry up. They managed to get it off, scored a touchdown, and the rest was history. Uh, so, okay, that means that that doesn't happen, and it should be should be 0-0, okay? First drive for the 49ers. They're moving the ball nice and nice and smooth until both players, the right tackle and the tight end, which was both was assigned to the defensive end Ruddick, missed their assignment, looking at each other in shock that neither of them would end up picking them up, which would lead to what? Not only would it lead to eventually what was looked what was defined as a fumble on Purdy, but that he had an open opportunity to what wound up being an injury to Purdy's uh, throwing elbow. This would wind up eliminating Purdy from the game. So we never even got to see the most exciting story of this NFC Championship game, which was could this could Mister Irrelevant actually pull this off? We don't know. We have no clue because he would wind up, even though he would gut it out a couple of times to try to come back in. It was clear he could not. He just he had no grip of the ball because of all the. Um, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on, uh, <laughs> um, either way. The point is, is that, oh, nerves. I'm talking about nerves. Yeah. So obviously that kind of injury, you don't think it maybe is much, but with the nerve damage, he basically couldn't grip the ball and he couldn't throw it. Even when he, you know, did try to every now and again, you could clearly tell that he was compromised. He couldn't do anything. So he's out. That means that the 49ers are amazingly enough in with their fourth string quarterback. Incredible. And it still looked like it may not even mattered because Christian McCaffrey was tracking for another one of his monster games. Did you see his touchdown run? I mean, my goodness. He was he was reminding everyone how he is the best all-around running back in the NFL today. So it's now 7-0. Although I would like to think that if you looked at everything, if Purdy doesn't get hurt, and just the way that my assessment of the game is, they're probably up 21 to 0 at half. However, let's rewind back to live. Eagles' second touchdown. Also, nope, should never have happened. Why? Jimmy Ward should have had an interception right in his hands. They would end up having to go on fourth down several times and would wind up in the end scoring. The Eagles 
third touchdown, which would be shortly right after at the end of uh, and at the end of the half, when actually the 49ers had a wonderful start. The first play was looking like they had a lot of potential to potentially score right at the end of the half. And might I add that they were the ones that were getting the ball, receiving the ball in the second half. But Josh Johnson, the four-string quarterback who had probably no uh, no no prep, but I had no idea that this was ever going to happen, misjudges the snap when they're, when they're trying to go early in a two-minute uh, uh, possession and fumbles it. I mean, it was embarrassing how that ended up happening. Eagles would wind up getting that and scoring their fourth touchdown, which again, never should have happened. Even when the second half went along, it was clear the Eagles had absolutely no answer against the 49ers defense, who was the better defense in this game. They could not do anything. They couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, even with everything that happened, you look at the stat line, and it's basically even. I mean, it, it's it's incredible. I mean, in my estimation, the 49ers probably win this game 34-7, or actually, I'm going to call it 34-14, probably because... Eagles do score a late minute t- a TD in, in dead time. The 49ers fans should be proud of what their team accomplished. No team in NFL history could possibly have accomplished what they did. Basically getting to the Super Bowl with their third or even maybe their fourth string quarterback. Your team was clearly the best team, at least in the NFC. We will never know from there. That's, but unfortunately, that's how the NFL works. I can't stress this enough, but this is why I have been so incredibly fascinated by Brady and Belichick. Because what they accomplish makes no sense when everyone else throughout the history of the game have, have, have they, are, they are the ones that we, this is what ends up happening. Just look at my own team, the Packers. They have they have had arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks. Actually, scratch that. Two Hall of Famers back to back for like a gazillion years. But focus just on Rodgers for a moment. Sixteen seasons, and all have only managed to get to the Super Bowl one time. And if and if one play doesn't happen or a, a certain break that goes the other way, I mean just. Here and there, whatever whatever you want to look at, they probably are in an inexorable another six times. But that's how the cookie crumbles. That's the reason why like it doesn't remember, remember, this is a full team sport. There's 54, 60 plus, you know, players in the end when you factor in injuries and whatnot that all have to do every assignment your way. I mean, just look at this game. If if the tight end and right tackle for the 49ers, don't screw up that misassignment to let uh, Redick, uh, you know, had a wide open opportunity to hit uh, a Purdy. It's, uh, it never, it, this, this never ends up happening. You know, like this, this, it's just that simple. So it's just fascinating how it, how it could possibly have unfolded for, for them too. What is it that makes them so fascinating? I mean, I'm watching the uh, the leftovers right now. It's an, uh, it's a show on HBO. It's actually 
Um, just, I mean, I highly recommend it if you get the chance. It's actually from the same same creator as, as Lost uh, and also Watchmen. So Daniel um, is, is the guy's name. So I, I think it's just, or maybe it's Damon. Either way. Point is, is that like, you know, essentially a whole bunch of people disappear, right? Unexpectedly. Nobody knows why. But there's one city which would end up being called Miracle City that for whatever reason, it doesn't really happen. So it's very similar to that. There's just a big asterisk outlier. Yeah, we get it that Brady is an amazing player and that Belichick is an unbelievable coach. Clearly, you know, stat-wise, both of them are the best ever, ever, ever suited up. But why did they consistently always get the, the good breaks? It's just fascinating. But anyways, moving forward, the point is, is, is that next season, both of you, the Eagles and 49ers should be poised to repeat uh, their visit to an NFC Championship game. This probably is going to be a repeat mat- matchup. So we'll see uh, what, what ends up happening. And I'll, I'll talk more about the Eagles next week, right, since they're still in it. But when it comes to 49ers, you guys in particular should be off and running next season. Brock Purdy clearly is your quarterback. I know there will be a little bit here and there as far as decision-making, uh, but nonetheless, it's pretty clear that he is the guy, which means you don't even have to pay him anything, which ultimately means that you guys should be good for the next couple uh, couple seasons to be able to put your allocations of funding towards you know a more balanced team, which you already have, to keep it up and running. So, yeah, exciting times. For the 49ers season, I grade them an A, even though it looked like they were poised to the Super Bowl, and therefore, by association, it must feel disappointing today. But you need to remember everything that they overcame this season. Because of that, it's a no-brainer. I give them an A. Okay, now let's move, shift gears to the other game. The Bengals visiting the Chiefs. And the epic clash between Burrow and Mahomes. I, going in, predicted that that Casey would win solely because I didn't think that Mahomes could possibly go 0-4 against Burrow. That would wind up happening, but not the way that, that we expected. To be honest, it wasn't the best of games, even though the score would say otherwise. In fact, I would go so far as to say that this was overall the weakest NFL playoffs season to date uh, in quite a long time, at least like 15 years. Uh, Maybe it's just that the last, you know, like 10 some years, we've been blessed with just freakishly amazing, exciting games. But this season, it, it lacked that uh, completely. I mean, first of all, there was a lot of blowouts. Uh, some that were just kind of unfortunate how it ended up occurring. But then there was also like just not a lot of uh, excitement. And then I would also say that the, the, the NFL got hurt the most by and the fans by association by them choosing to add the other game. I don't know if it's just coincidence, but it feels like by this point, teams were beaten up even more than usual. I mean, take the the Bengals and the Chiefs game. 
am I the only one that doesn't feel like either of the teams is Super Bowl ready? They look completely beaten down. They looked like a shell of themselves. I mean, the Bengals really, I mean, they they looked they didn't even look like themselves. Burrow particularly, I I that was that was one of his worst games that he that he's played. Uh, and I don't know if it was because he finally was feeling the pressure of the confidence of knowing that he was expecting to beat Mahomes and the Chiefs for the fourth straight time. Heck, it was even as if like um, the coaching staff was so convinced that Burrow was going to do it again that they put it in his hands. If you look, if you look back in the game, uh, they were. You know, I wouldn't say it was staggering, but Perrin and uh, Mixon, you know, they were they were able to run the ball some. They just hardly ever ran the ball. You know, like they, I mean, in fact, both teams really didn't run it a whole, a whole, a whole lot. Uh, at least KC cracked the the 20, uh, 20 carry, but Cincinnati, they, I mean, and this is even with Burrow rushing. The most times he has all season, they only only attempted seventeen times. If I, if I were to to criticize the Bengals um, at the core, I'd say that that was their their biggest mistake. They just didn't give the run game much of a chance. They relied way too much on Burrow, and I think that they they thought that they were going to. I I thought that they. It's as if they were confident that their offensive line was going to hold up against Casey just like they did against Buffalo, which I indicated I didn't think was going to happen. Yes, they played lights out against Buffalo. And that sucks for, 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 for Buffalo because going in, we thought that that's, this was exactly what was going to happen. But I was reminded on how the game happened against the Ravens, and therefore I was, I was confident that it was, it was not going to be a repeat or a repeat in that situation where they were going to struggle immensely. And sure enough, that was the difference in the game, is that Chris Jones and the rest of uh, the defensive linemen and linebackers and whatnot, they had complete control over this game. It rattled Burrow in the same exact way as it did against the Ravens. Remember, when you know the second half in particular against the Ravens, that was even worse than this game. At least this game, they at least had a couple of shots of you know big plays between Higgins and uh, Jamar Chase. At least, if those you know three great catches, if those don't happen, I mean this game is a blowout, right? I mean like honestly, the the Bengals couldn't do anything because they their offensive line was completely broken down, and we've seen this. This is the thing. I don't care how good of a team. You have, and let's be clear: the defense for both teams, but you know, particularly when it came to the Bengals, their defense played unbelievable as well as they have all season, and they gave themselves every chance that they possibly could. But the offensive line, when you're missing three offensive line starters, just look at KC in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. They were a shell of themselves; they couldn't do anything. The game was was embarrassing. This is what happens. Every single time that there is a team with that many offensive linemen missing, just it's this. This is what happens. This is I mean this. This is just it's it's unfortunate. 
And, and again, I don't know if I can put all the blame on that 17th game, but it feels like that has to be the scapegoat because this just didn't feel, it didn't feel right. It felt like, and then on the flip side, KC, I mean, sure, they still had, you know, enough players to, to make, but remember, obviously Mahomes was, 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 was injured. He was able to, to go, and I know that everybody's going to make a big deal about how he toughed it out. Oh, good job, Mahomes. Come on. It's just an ankle, and it's not a, it's not a grade where it was concerning enough because if it was, then he just wouldn't be able to play. Uh, but ankles, we've seen this all the time. We've seen guys are able to tough it out. He's going to feel like crap today and the next you know couple of days. He'll be fine by the time the Super Bowl comes around, but... This is not abnormal. Don't make a big deal about the fact that. Plus, he really kept it contained as much as he as, as he could. Uh, you know. Plus, you know, Mahomes has always been a, a good pocket passer, so this wasn't at all surprising. What was surprising was the limitations that they had from the wide wide receiver um, position, where. You know, they just you know they they really couldn't do a whole lot. But the, the but the unsung hero, without a doubt, was uh, was Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling, who was coming coming from the Packers, my own team. Go figure. This always seems to happen. Though, although not to say that we didn't know that he was a, a decent player and he had some potential, but this was obviously his biggest game as a as a as a as a, a chief. So. Kudos to him for stepping up. He had some big plays, and, and in many ways, that really was, without a doubt, the key to, to, to their success. That and some good fortune, of course, at the very, very tail end of the game, which is another reason why the game just felt like it lacked um, excitement, was because the way that it ended, it was just kind of lackluster. I mean, even the final play that caused the game, in the end, to be... Casey's to win with the field goal being 15 yards extra was the boneheaded play. I don't remember which which linebacker that caused it, caused the 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 late hit, but that was just inexcusable. Like if you rewatch that, it doesn't make any sense what he was thinking. Uh, I know that you're 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 desperate for every single yard, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe you know in those situations that the the um. You know, coaching staff trains you to recognize that in those situations, every single yard matters with whether or not the field goal is made or or or, or lost. And so, I, I understand playing aggressive, but it was just it was too aggressive. It was I mean, he was already out by the time he already even sh- should have been in position where he should have even taken flight to even consider uh, hitting him. So just. It sucks that that's how the game ends up being decided. It just it doesn't feel good as a, as an NFL fan. I mean, sure, it feels great for 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 Chiefs fans. I mean, you're back in a Super Bowl, yay! <laughs> Exciting times. And let's celebrate your season for a moment because of all the teams uh, that were were still in it. You know, the Eagles, the 49ers, uh, the Bengals, uh, along with you know some of the other teams. They all either had uh, a situation where they were um, fortunate to have a full team because they weren't having to pay. They were like on rookie contracts yet, so they didn't have to pay yet. Uh, dished out, uh, you know, big contracts to key players yet. So it made complete sense why they were all there, right? 
thought KC is the one exception. They were the one team that actually went the opposite way, where they had to actually they took the the um, the ballsy move of of, of shipping out uh, Tyreek Hill, and then now acquiring a strategy that really paid off in depth. Right, this this would wind up ironically being their strength. So it seems like a a, a ridiculous move to get rid of Tyreek Hill, but it really was how they got here because if they didn't have that depth they're not they're they're in the same position as everybody else and i think it would have been a little bit too much for them to over overcome you could tell i mean they were they barely barely survived this game you know and they barely survived the game before that and so forth i mean they they really ought were um you know limping limping you know into into the situation so every position that they had in depth and particularly with the often a wide receiver position which is what they they did i mean whether it was you know sky Moore or juju juju smith schuster and and you know um just all the players and then of course our rookies right isaiah uh, pacheco who i i said was going to be a key difference and he wasn't nearly as much of an impact as i thought he was going to be but he still had his shining moments as he always does he plays with in- incredible uh, determination and I love watching him. He's exciting. So the rookies in general were another huge part part to this. Uh, but let's also get back to then the Bengals since you know ultimately congratulations to uh, KC. Uh, you know you guys are facing the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's the matchup for the Super Bowl. We'll get into those two teams during the Super Bowl. Uh, session. So let's shift back over to the Bengals who now have their season uh, coming to an end, uh, which I'm sure feels like a heartbreak to them because I think that they really thought that they had this. And it really it really did look like, in fact, you know, the way that the second half ended, in fact, well, I will say that the it is, is a bummer for them to have settled for that field goal. If they had gotten that touchdown, I think that they would have. Uh, but regardless, just the way that the game was happening, the fact that they were able to, um, you know, hold off and keep the, the the Chiefs from getting those touchdowns early and, and settling for field goals and end up being only a 13-point uh, first-half um, score for, for KC, it looked like this was the Bengals' game to, to win. What I will also say about both games, and I'm you know, talking about this one too now, is that the, the refs overall had a really, really rough playoffs, in particular with the, the championship games, but this one even more so. Like it just, that was the other thing that was not enjoyable about the game was that the refs constantly had to be stepped in, uh, stopping play, didn't, a lot of times didn't know what the heck was going on. They made some questionable calls, uh, some that would go both ways, but definitely some that really hurt the Bengals. So if you're a Bengals fans, I, I definitely know that you're probably shouting, screaming at the, the referees. I mean, most notable is the uh, the ghost uh, uh, repeat, uh, a third down repeat uh, play. Uh, that was one of the strangest <laughs> occurrence that I, I that I remember seeing. Uh, but kudos also real quick to the Kansas City Chiefs, to the fan base, because it was rocking in that game. So extra mojo kudos to them because, again, that was a big part. I don't know if that was another reason why Burrow particularly just seemed rattled. 
but it's more likely that he was just feeling amped up knowing that the offensive line clearly was not able to hold up, you know, like he knew right away that it was not going to be a game like against Buffalo. So like he knew right from the get go that this was going to be a struggle. So he shifted into that, you know, uh, anticipation and aggressive mentality that he needed to. Uh, and, but yeah, I mean, ultimately he, he didn't have a good game. He had those two tur- two turnovers, the two interceptions that really just, they were, they were, they were on him. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like they were on him for trying to anticipate and trying to be too aggressive. And it just, you know, kudos to the KC's defense who played, played amazing. Uh, I, I, I was shocked at what I saw from Burrow. I was not expecting this to, to happen, even though I know that the offensive line uh, couldn't, couldn't defend. Uh, but it just, you know, also things that, things that caught up to him is, is this anticipation. It's almost like the, the defense played that to their advantage. They, they saw this. They, they anticipated it themselves. The other thing that caught up to him is this technique that he's been using that he used so well against uh, the uh, against the Ravens and then particularly against Buffalo that really made it look like he was light years away better than than Josh Allen was his um, uh, throwdowns right like when he got when he saw the pressure he would just throw it down to one of his running backs just to kill the kill the the play to not get a not not get a sack. This would come back to bite him a couple of times where he got he got called for intentional grounding and most notably in that that in the last two two drives where they had every chance in the world to win this game, he got called for it and they were big they they were big plays and if you look, I'm actually glad that the refs had the the balls to call it because if I'm being honest, I don't like that he does it. I think it's I think it's I think it's a it's a cheat code and not a very good one. I just I hate I've always hated that that play. Look, you know, we, we talk about all the time how how much of a disadvantage a defense has. They can't even, you know, tackle a quarterback for God's sakes. So on top of all of this, the fact that the quarterback can just, just throw the ball down and rarely ever get called for it, I think is just I think it sucks, you know, like, and I, I'm so glad that the refs called it, you know, I just, I, I, that's the one time that I, I did appreciate, uh, the refs. So yay <laughs> to them. So, uh, yeah, we already talked about how I, I was surprised that they didn't run the ball more. I mean, particularly with, um, Perrin, uh, who really, he seemed to have something going. He didn't have a whole lot of attempts. But it did seem like he had something. So shame on them for not recognizing that. Uh, and then, you know, I think Tyler Boyd getting injured. You know, everyone talks about the the KC wide receivers going down and, and Juju Schuster who who went down. But but Tyler Boyd that really really hurt because if you look, it was clear that they were target that he was going to be the, the the game the the, the game ball. Uh, manager in this in this in this game they went to him early 
he, he had uh, two big catches um, already off and running at 40 yards between the two of them. And it looked like he was going to be the difference in the game, and, and that's how they were going to win. But when he went down, that really hurt. That put down the pressure back to like just on the two players, in which case KC's defense could just pressure those two because um, for whatever reason, uh, Hurst just really wasn't present and actually missed uh, two big catches, one for what would have been a touchdown. Uh, so he didn't have a good game. Uh, but yeah, the, I think the, the the injury to Boyd really, really hurt uh, them just in the same way as it, it hurt when Juju Smith went, went down. So so I think that was even um, between the two. So even more so, I'll just say it, the difference in this game will wind up being the three offensive linemen that were missing for for the Bengals. Uh, the defense for the Bengals played, played great. Uh, um, you know, Hubbard again had that, that big, um, uh, the fumble recovery on the whoopsie moment of, of Mahomes, uh, thought that that was going to be a bigger game, a bigger play in the game, but it wound up not really mattering a whole lot in the end. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just overall, it's kind of lackluster, uh, the field goal kickers both, you know, made all their field goals, uh, and yeah, Bucker, I mean, at the end of the day, he's the other unsung hero because look, it wasn't, you know, the conditions were not in favor and that was a big pressure kick. And you could tell, like, if, if it would, if it needed to be for 15 yards, he wasn't going to make it. It was pretty clear. <laughs> so, but he made the, you know, the huge kick. And, and so, yeah, on to, on to the Super Bowl. One last thing is the Bengals. Okay. So what's, what's great their season. A uh, little bit tricky to assess because on one hand, I feel like, you know, they weren't expected to necessarily even get back to the championship game. Looking back, you know, of all the teams, they were the team that got, you know, the most shade uh, coming into the season. Everybody just assumed that last year was an outlier, that it was just a fluke, that it was because of the fact that they didn't have to play anybody, that they had a weak schedule and, and that they cut everybody off guard with, you know, the... Uh, the new players and 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 that everyone's going to figure out Burrow and so forth. Well, none of that um, ended up happening, and they ended up having an incredible season. Sure, they had big a big uh, moments that went their way in order for that to to occur. Uh, but on the flip side, so I want to say you know um, in in A, but at the same time, I also am tempted to go down to like a B plus, and here's why. This was, we talk about how important it is to take advantage of your opportunities because of with a team like them and all their depth, right? They're going to need to start, you know, dishing out some bigger contracts, which means it's going to be harder to maintain. I think I, I don't, I, I'd have to relook, but I think that they have one more season where with, with most of the team intact, uh, but that's about it. So I think that this was a key moment uh, that they needed to take advantage of. And so because of that, I'm going to say it. I think that I think it's a B plus because I really think that this was a season that they needed to, to have. And I think that if they were going to go on and they got the Super Bowl, I think that they beat Philadelphia. So I think that this ultimately uh, was in just a way that this came happened. It was theirs for the taking. And they just, they came up short. And I think, I think it is a B plus is what I'll, I'll rate their season. Uh, also, I want to talk a little bit about who I ultimately think should have made the Super Bowl. And it may surprise you, but now taking stock of, of all the teams, all the games, and everything that shook down, I'm going to go out on a whim and saying 
I already took I already said that on the NFC side, it's clearly the 49ers. They were the best team. But on the AFC, this may shock everyone, but I'm gonna say it. I think that the AFC representative and therefore the best team would have been the Baltimore Ravens if Jackson could have found a way back onto the field. He he still could have, you know, accumulated the injury and still could have missed a number of those games, but he needed to at least come back for the playoffs at bare minimum. And even at least a game before to get, you know, reps in to um to be ready, right, for the playoffs. But if you watch, they clearly would have beaten the Bengals. Okay? We then now saw how much of a mess the offensive line for for uh, the Bills were, which means the exact same way that that game happened against the Bengals. You like to believe that Baltimore, who had even a better defense, and this is a big part of the reason why I think the Ravens were the best team in the AFC, because their defense, I think led the, they had the best defense in the AFC. I think so. I think every, I think they, not, they didn't get enough um, uh, acclimates for the fact that what they accomplished considering the fact that they were going to their second and third string uh, quarterbacks, much like the 49ers. So these were the two best defenses, in my opinion. And they should it should have been enough to get through um, those two games. And then into the, the KC game, again, if you have Jackson with that defense, I think that's enough. I think that it ends up being... The, the Ravens against the 49ers. Just, just calling it how I see it. But here we are. One last game. On to the Super Bowl. Ha, can't wait. Ah, as always, have a wonderful, a wonderful two weeks now. See you in two weeks. Cheers and remember, clear mind, strong body, good heart. We are Athena.